<laughs> so can I just check with you one thing? Um, I can see hmm. your baubles. <laughs> do, do you mean the Christmas tree? I do. Why is there a Christmas tree behind you? It's November and you're the least Christmassy person I've ever known. <laughs> yes. Well, by this strange quirk of fate, I wrote a book on Christmas. You did? Excellent book. And by another strange quirk of fate, the publishers want to release a series of videos, like a little advent calendar video thing. Oh. So I'm recording 24, 25 videos, and um, I thought I'd make it look Christmassy, so I've got my Christmas tree up. <laughs> Great. And are you going to be full of Christmas cheer in these videos? Not so much. <laughs> and if our dear listeners would like to be a part of this, how would they do that? What? Well, be a part of the videos. Oh. Well, not be a part of it, but actually watch them. Um, I think they'll be going out on all major social media platforms. I won't be uh, doing them. They might. They no. might be on my channel, but um, Hodder will be releasing them. Okay. I'll, I'll put when they come out. I'll put a link in. Thank you. Well, that would be rather lovely of you. Anyway. From your baubles, can we get onto the show, please? More baubles. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody, to episode something, because I haven't got the running order open. Hold oh, on. honestly. No, because I've had a difficult thing and you haven't even updated it and oh you have I have updated uh, it <laughs> everything is ready I have done my bit all you have to do is print it out and read it I don't print it out I read it off one of my many iPads yeah. and uh no I'm ha- I have because I've moved room again because I'm trying to find the best sound quality so have you ever considered that the sound quality might not be the room it might just be the, your voice <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying my voice is a bit tinny? <laughs> Very nasally. Yeah, okay. So anyway, I'm Not here now. Anyway. no. Oh, sorry, I'll get back to the intro then, shall I? Yes. Um, episode 179 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name is Nick Page. There is Joe Davis. Yes, indeed. Mm. Slightly disappointed, Good. Joe Davis, but there we go. Why are you slightly disappointed? Because I go me? to all the effort of doing this and then you just sit there with your bo- surrounded by baubles and not mm. paying attention. That's why. Anyway. Well, I think it's good, isn't it, that you, that we've hit a week where you are, in fact, the more efficient of the two. <laughs> I think that's nice. <laughs> it's just life is still full of surprises. <laughs> anyway, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I just had my flu jab today. Oh, yeah. Have you not had that yet? Oh. Well, Well, no, that's why I had it today. I didn't decide to have several of them. No, we're not all frontline workers like you. Mm. We don't all get to jump to the front of the queue when it comes to being jabbed. (laughs) Some of us have to serve by waiting. Yeah, but I thought you were old enough to be in that sort of category (laughs) now. (laughs) Well, I do get it free. We would be at the front of the queue. (laughs) Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, So so I had that and uh, it's it's very cold, isn't it? It's turned cold. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, it's winter now. Freezing. But apart from that, I'm all right, really. I always think I don't mind winter. I don't mind it being cold. I don't, I don't mind it being not sunny. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd rather it being 
sunny and warm. Well, I yeah, think that's, that's where that's, I'd really that's, like that's to a perfect land. Scenario. <laughs> where I'd like to land this this thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. Apart from that, I'm okay. Got a free weekend, completely free weekend because hey. uh, my uh, dearly beloved is away. Oh, a girly weekend. She's so not leaving so... you a list of jobs. <laughs> well, no, but she'll probably text me some. I would have thought, but you know, I can, I can always claim the phone was off. <laughs> Excellent. Ah, good for you. How about you? Yeah, good. Yeah, we did the Enneagram day for type ones and now they're... Did it go perfectly? (laughs) It did go perfectly. It was great. There was lots of learning, but the people were wonderful and gracious and loving. Ali was absolutely superb, of course. Um, So, yeah, that was a good day. And there are plans afoot to do all the different types, as you were saying, Uh, the other week. So that's good. Yeah, great. Um, More than that, just... Life is not too crazy busy at the moment, which I'm enjoying. So plenty of time to get a stroll on the beach every day, which is good. Saw the Bake Off final. That was good. Oh, yeah, that was good. Wow. I mean, you know, Jürgen should have been there, but the right person won. I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What about Christelle's focaccia? Oh, what was uh, going on what there? A dis- what a disaster. What happened? What? A, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we've lost half the audience now, so that's fine. Why don't we just get on with the show? Uh, okay, there's, there's let's a, do that. There's a thought. So, uh, mm. welcome everyone. It is lovely to be back with you. Uh, we had some great feedback, and uh, and here comes one. Following the discussion on whether we should talk about, you know, you know what, special cuddles. Oh, we're not going there again. On the pod- no, no, no. But someone wrote in. They said this. They said, <laughs> which I like this. Totally predictable response from Nick about the subject title, which brings me <laughs> to the reason for writing in. I feel exactly the same as Nick, and do wonder if being raised during the purity culture movement has affected that side of life as well as the inability to say the word sex. Uh, and talk about it. Uh, also, maybe Nick would feel more comfortable to chat about the purity culture movement and effects of Josh Harris's book rather than, uh, dare I write it, sex. Uh, <laughs> thanks again uh, for Nick's honesty and wisdom. Why is it so awkward to talk about it? I mean, it is, it is isn't it? I mean, even I, who are fairly liberal-minded, uh, just feel uncomfortable. Well, I don't know. I'd like to say a couple of things. Firstly, I don't know why it's totally predicted. I mean, you know, I don't know this person, so I don't know how they knew knew what my response would be. I suppose because <laughs> of my innate Englishness. Um, I have to say, I don't know anything about the purity culture. My teenage years, if I'm honest, had very little to do with the purity culture, mm. I seem to recall, as far as I remember. Um, so I don't know. I, I, think it, I think it's like, well, it's not that you shouldn't talk about it. It's not that things are taboo yeah. or not taboo. It's that where what's the platform? You know, is it right? Yeah, you know, I don't want to talk about it with a load of people listening in. We do get more than seventeen listeners. It's that's a running gag. Yeah. So I don't. I think that's probably the discomfort. It's not that I yeah, don't want to talk sure. about it. It's just that I don't see the need to share with a lot of listeners. But maybe we should. I don't know. But but the, but why is the church so obsessed about sex teaching then? Because it. I mean, generally, oh, I yeah. think most well, of us have good... grown up in, with yeah. a pretty unhealthy picture mm. of ourselves sexually, which has come from the church, you know, and that, you know, all the shame that goes with that. So, I mean, I'm thinking, oh, this would be great to get someone who's a specialist on the show and, 
you know, to interview them and just say, what are the issues you come up against, you know, when you're talking to Christians about sex and what are the issues that present? And I'm thinking, oh, that's all good. But then faced with actually doing the interview, I have come over shuddering <laughs> with fear. <laughs> yes, oh, okay. I have. Yeah. Just checking that. Um, <laughs> Not sexually, just with fear. Well, I suppose culturally... There's a whole load of cultural things, aren't they? Not bringing yeah. in all that kind of stuff, and uh, there's also, I think, in terms of the church's teaching on sex, well, it's largely because it's been driven by celibate men for years. You know, that's yeah. the part part of the issue was that for the you know from Augustine onwards, yeah, and Augustine had a very sort of strange um, kind of strained indeed relationship um, with with, uh, with lust. And mm. so, um, you know, I think that that that's driven. It's been the people who've written about it. So I'm not saying it's a healthy thing, and I think we certainly could talk about that. But uh, I think the difficulty is inevitably it's it's one of the most personal, yeah, acts possible, and therefore to talk about it always, yeah, brings in that that you know that sense of it being slightly too personal. Mm. But you know, I think I you know let's um. Let's see what the listeners think, really. I suspect they will want to see us in uncomfortably squirming. Just, yeah, exactly. Not all of them. Someone did put it on Facebook, please don't talk about that because, <laughs> you know, they're not getting any. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, reason. Vicky uh, wrote in and says, uh, thanks so much for the podcast today. Helpful as ever. I found the discussion about reading or not reading the Bible useful. It's good to be given permission to step back for a bit because I think a lot of us just feel very guilty about not loving the Bible and that mm. in some way we are letting the spiritual side down. Joe, your verse that you recommended meditating on is great, but as soon as I started thinking about it, the only word I could really see was chosen, which is a massive trigger word. And so I just uh, uh, left it for a bit. But the call to make sure you replace Bible reading with something is very helpful and assuages some of the guilt. And then she says, second thing about the podcast and regularity, you guys have such a bank of material now and a lot of us haven't been listening from the beginning and those of us who have probably forgotten what was said. <laughs> How about we have a season of one week you do a nude podcast and uh, did I say nude podcast? Sorry. Uh, oh, here we go. You see what happens. I, I know. I know. Happens. It's a Freudian slip. How about we have a season of one week you do a new podcast and the alternative week you recommend a favourite golden oldie. Maybe on a similar theme to what has been brought up in the real time one. I think it could be really helpful to you and your listeners, some of whom are working really hard to catch up and some of whom aren't really sure which older episodes deal with which issues. And she goes on to suggest a top 10 fave interviews or uh, link some together thematically. Five conversations we've had about the Bible type of thing. Well, okay. that's a great idea. But it mm. falls down on one very important point, <laughs> which is neither of us remember what we've said. <laughs> and this the, is so true. And the titles are so obscure and frankly silly. Mm. <laughs> We'd have to go and listen to them all. I think someone else, funnily enough, someone said exactly this to me this morning. Said, well, you know, if you're going to take some time out why don't you do what a lot of other podcasts do and just put a repeat on yeah so i think it's worth thinking about i mean maybe people can you know recommend episodes that they've liked i don't know they might have a better a better they might have a better um, <laughs> memory about it than i have 
I can barely remember what we talked about two weeks ago, let alone what was happening. <laughs> and ago. frankly, I don't want to remember what we talked about two weeks ago, because I imagine it was you abusing me in some way. Not at all, but there are some... Yeah, it's worth thinking about. I think it's a good suggestion, actually. Well, really thank you, Vicky. We, we're shocked and amazed by that. Right, so <laughs> John says this. He says, hi, Joe and Nick. Just been listening to your chat as you covered the tricky topic of whether we should keep going to church or not when it doesn't make sense anymore. He said, some church cultures call these times backsliding, spoken in hushed tones of concern. Not a helpful term and one that implies something is wrong. Instead of this, why don't we turn this thing on its head? We should consider being on a break from church as a necessary part of following Jesus. It is normal to ask difficult questions, struggle with life and God. How about learning to recognise when a break might be helpful? Give each other permission to take some time out and crucially learn how to best support each other. We could give it a name. Oh, John is fine. He's taking a sabbatical from church. Sabbatical sounds a bit formal. What would you call it? I'd love to hear some irreverent ideas and maybe some reverent ones too. P.S. Love the quote about church is a verb, not a noun, because if we used it as a verb, then when we are supporting each other on sabbatical, then we continue to be doing church. So we haven't left church at all. Very good point. Cheers. John. Uh, yes, I think that is a really uh, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what to call it. It is true, isn't it? In, in yeah. sort of most relationships, you're going to have some space, aren't you? Yes, exactly. It's important. So you could. Uh, the problem is if you have a trial separation. <laughs> are, you, are you saying most relationships we need a break? Well, to be well, on a break. Know, Isn't this what got you know Ross and Rachel in trouble? I don't. Well, know. It, you know, you've got a conscious uncoupling. From <laughs> but I think it is true that if people saw it as not backsliding. That would be very helpful. That would be really. helpful. I mean, we've talked about that term yes. in the past, haven't we, and how mm. we could be Olympic champions at it <laughs> yeah. if it was an event. <laughs> it does sound like something from the Winter Olympics, great, I often it? feel. I know. Backsliding <laughs> champion. Yeah. Yeah, fabulous. indeed. Um, but I and, and it, for me, you know, like the last email said about trigger words, mm. uh, you know, chosen, presumably that person comes from a sort of elect kind of... Community, yeah, but, yeah. Sabbatical is a trigger word. Is it? Why yeah, is sabbatical a trigger word. Because I've never had a <laughs> sabbatical. <laughs> you big loser. <laughs> Why? <laughs> who? Who decides who gets a sabbatical? Why have you had a sabbatical? Well. Yes, one in my whole life. I, I ne negotiated and the, the church were very gracious to me. I asked church to allow me to do the Renovare course. So it wasn't right. three months off in a, in a go. It was like, you know, you can do two weeks here and two weeks there and a week there. Right, OK. So, yeah, no, technically I did have one. Um, but I, I don't understand. Why is it? Maybe I'm just being bitter here. <laughs> I think right? you are bitter. It's always but a possibility. No, it's a really good point. Everyone needs but a sabbatical. Why Why do the holy people get a sabbatical? Because their job's a lot more important than yours. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I'm convinced by You that. know there's a hierarchy in this world of very spiritual, very important jobs. And right. then very unspiritual, unimportant jobs. And I assume writer is 
right at the bottom of the second category. Well, I don't get... Most people don't get sabbaticals, do we? We don't no, get that. We don't I know. get that chance. I mean, some people might, but it seems to be... It's, 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 it always struck me as really odd that, yeah. you know, if you're a vicar or a minister or whatever, and so only in certain traditions, I guess, of the church, yeah. I'm not sure whether it's a universal thing, you yeah. get a sabbatical. Yeah. And I... But the rest of the people have to sit and listen to you week in, week out. They don't get a sabbatical, <laughs> they, do they? They deserve one more. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, I don't, you know, uh, uh, I mean, I, uh, I can't. I'm too annoyed about I it, don't, really. Well, I do know. Was it to do that they were scantly paid? Right. Well, OK, so and, that's know, so something I have heard. Sort of, I don't yeah. know. Perhaps not. But, but it, or, or that they were expected to work like six days a week or something. That's another thing that you know yeah. you only got one day a week off. But that's a problem. That's a functional problem with the job, isn't it? That's yeah. not about. That's like saying, well, why? Why are you working stupid hours? Why have we set up a system that is designed to burn you out? Yeah. And the only way to avoid this is to give you three months off. And often yeah. you have to have that because you are burnt out. Yeah, that is true. Because I keep meeting these ministers and vicars who yeah. are on sabbaticals, yeah. and then it turns out they're on an enforced sabbatical. Because they're completely wrecked by the ministry. So what are we doing yeah. wrong? Okay. Yeah, well, that is a very good point. Um, and more to the point, why haven't I got a <laughs> sabbatical? <laughs> When's my turn? Okay. All right. <laughs> do, do you need to go and lie down for a bit? Or shall we move on? I think... Shall I have a, a little mini sabbatical from this <laughs> yeah, podcast? Yeah, we could just have a little mini sabbatical <laughs> for a moment. Thank you, John, for writing in. We probably won't use the word sabbatical. To go back to the actual email and <laughs> oh, what you no, were saying. I think we'll give it another name. <laughs> How about if every seven minutes I take a minute off from this? Sabbatical? Oh, How about that? Well, that from would this be podcast. great. Yeah, yeah. Please do. Okay. <laughs> okay. So can I carry on, or are you on a sabbatical? I'm on my minute off. <laughs> okay, so, so I'll just carry okay. on then. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we got an email here from Sam, and Sam wanted to talk about a comment we made uh, on a recent podcast about you know just trying to become more like Jesus. I think we were trying to summarise things and we said, you know, what we're trying to do is become more like Jesus. And he says this. I have to say I have a difficult time with this statement. You see, it's all about triggers this week, isn't it? He says it falls into the category of things Christians easily say without too much or indeed any thought. He says, for me, growing up, there was a strong emphasis on the divinity of Jesus. And I was taught to believe that Jesus was God. So becoming more like Jesus, for me, set the bar at a stratospheric level and I was already doomed to fail right from the start. What would Jesus do? Well, it was all right for him. He was God. Only once I understood that Jesus, uh, brackets the human one, came to reveal what it means to be human, mostly thanks to Fluffy Raw, did I start to grasp that to be more like Jesus means to become the best version of me. So it's a journey of self-discovery and acceptance and learning to love myself and others. This journey is one that I find compelling, even a burden that is light. Trying to be more like the other Jesus, the one who is almighty God and who has conquered death and is now above all things, is completely beyond me. Anyway, he said, just my two pence worth. Uh, keep up the good work and know that you're loved and appreciated. Thank you uh, very much indeed, Sam. And uh, yes, interesting point, isn't it? Um you know, we, we casually roll this phrase off because we know what we mean about becoming Christ-like and being more like Jesus and all that sort of thing. But that can be a trigger for people who have been told, well, Jesus is the almighty God. And now you're saying be like the almighty God. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's... 
It is tricky, isn't it? Because Jesus mm. is both God and man. So there's always going to be those aspects. I mean, for, for my understanding of the New Testament, mm. that is the fundamental call, whether whether we like it mm. or not. Yeah. You know, that is the call. To be a disciple is to follow the master. And that means trying to be like Jesus. Mm. So I think it would be easy to look at Jesus and go, OK, well, you have, as Sam said, set the bar so high that I, yeah. I'm i not even going to try. Don't. But for me, that's a little bit like saying, well, I'm never going to play the guitar because I'm not going to be as good as Clapton. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah. uh, you're probably not. I'm probably not going to be very Jesus-like for the rest of my life. But I think there might be moments yeah. when I achieve it, and those moments will be worth yeah, uh, worth the, 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 the struggle, I think. Yeah, and I always like that Renovari emphasis, which was about, you know, if it's not so much thinking, you know, what did this first century Jesus figure do? But if Jesus had your 21st century life today, exactly as it was with all yes. your relationships and all your pressures and your noisy neighbours and your unreasonable boss and your time pressures, how would Jesus do it? And that's a more helpful... Because I think for some people it is, well, I don't want to try and be someone else. I want to try and be me. Yeah. So yes. we are trying to be you. And we're trying to say, you know, with Christ inside you, how how does Christ live your, how would Christ live your best life? Now let's mm. let's move into cooperation. I think that's very important. It's yeah. like, so there are two ends to the scale. There's the mm. cosmic mm. Jesus, if you like. And yeah. then there's the first century uh, Palestinian exactly. Jew. Yeah. And neither of those... Can we live? Yeah, we can't. I cannot live Jesus's no. life. No, because I'm not in that culture. I'm not in that society, and it's very cold out. <laughs> so I'm not going to wander around with sandals on. I'll be honest. You know, equally, I can't live the cosmic life because I am a human. Yeah. So, so actually, what we're we talking about? We're talking about the bit in the middle. We're yes. talking about the 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 lived life of Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. With his disciples, with the people he met demonstrating that uh, endless love and forgiveness and compassion and all those kinds of stuff. And that's that's what we're trying to emulate. Yes. And it helps if you do have certain role models along the way, doesn't it? You know, to people who oh, are quite Christ-like, you can look at and go, oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're on to That's something. a very good point. Mm. Because I think, isn't it wonderful when you meet someone yeah. who is truly Jesus-like? Yeah, it is. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so I, I think... I. I, I, and I like where Sam's come to. Was it Sam? I think it was Sam. Mm. Where he's come to on that, you know. I, I I would say it's a little bit beyond just living the best version of you, because mm. that sounds like to me like a self help book. You know that that yeah. sounds like you know just doing that. I actually think it's 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 you plus Jesus. It's living the best, which is the best version of you, which is the version. Well, it is, of you isn't it? It's it's the you you were always designed to be, presumably. Yeah. With yeah. life in all its fullness, I guess. Yeah. And so, you... so I, th I think there is a bit more demand there. There's a bit more. You know, I, I've been thinking a lot about this recently about whether or not the constant thing that we now drip fed about, you know, oh, you do you, you be your best life, you know, is actually not making enough, in a sense, demands on us to change in a good direction. It's not. Mm. It, it's 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 in a way, you know, I, I want to do that. I want to become the version of of Nick that God mm. always had in mind. But I think that does involve some sacrifice. It does involve, it's got to involve some discipline, some 
well, it's not a good word, but you know what I mean. You know, yeah. some challenge, some sense of account. Yeah, yeah. some sense yeah. of a challenge and accountability. It can't just be me no. doing Nick yeah, exactly. things, I suppose. But it's, I think it's, you know, the trouble when we talk about disciplines and challenges, it, they're trigger words. They come with so much baggage. Because if you ever try to do anything outside the context of you are loved unconditionally yeah it feels like earning it feels like the reason you're doing this is to gain some sort of divine parental approval um once i think once i think you got the 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 solid foundation in place of god's love i think i think you can go back to disciplines and a bit of effort dare i say it yes and, yes. and that stuff because you're not doing it from that place of because i'm trying to earn my own goodness here you're doing it of oh God, i want to embrace life in all its fullness and i'm not doing this for the benefit of god's approval i'm doing this for the benefit of my own life See well I mean? that's your statement isn't it you've often yeah. said that god's yeah. not opposed to to, to effort yeah he's supposed to earn yeah, that's right that's a that's a dallas willard sentence oh is it yeah right, yeah it's yeah. a dallas I, willard I, sentence so i think again. that's a sorry i'm talking over god you. no 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 what is it god god is not opposed to effort he's opposed to earning that's right grace is not opposed to effort it's opposed to earning so you you've got grace and a, 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 an unlimited supply of grace coming at you from the divine so you never got to earn it that's just not how it works but it will take great intentional effort to become christ-like well that's that's the good that's what i suppose that's what i'm trying to get at yes so that it's not it's not just about sort of self-expression pure self-expression in terms of just what mm. you want no uh it's 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 that somehow the flowering of who you truly are mm. is is involves being christ-like involves mm. it involves sort of some level of of uh, training and, yeah. Yeah. and 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 work on that level. Yeah, we're not going to disagree with that, but I understand why people misunderstand that concept. Yeah, so I think that email is interesting. So what we answer, we, obviously, you can't be the cosmic Christ. Nope. That's 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 impossible. Yeah, um, but. We can, I think, move in a Christ-like direction, uh, I think, as well as f flourishing ourselves, really. And I think that's part of it. So I would say, I would say, ask, what's what's really helped you to move in that direction? What what practices or what um, advice or anything like that has, has really helped you to to become more Christ-like? Right. And, and you might have to put aside humility at the moment because none of us ever feel very Christ-like, no. do we? <laughs> do you know... Funnily enough, I saw my spiritual director last night and he he said that, <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it, that I should be regularly praying for humility. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's what I took away. <laughs> because oh. I was talking about ego and how subtle the whole thing is, how you can move so quickly from doing things with a real pure sense of, I want to do this because it's good and because it helps mm. people and it's mm. great, to that very subtle shift the ego takes to oh i'm kind of good at this oh i can i yes. can i can yes. do this and everything and it's just so insidious and i feel embarrassed sometimes that you know here i am 56 years old and every now and then i'm not even aware of it that the ego-y thing oh, comes yeah, back yeah. And you just think, oh joe you're such a plonker 
<laughs> you, you never get rid of the games <laughs> of uh, that we play, do we? You never no. can quite escape them. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, but no, I love this. I, I mean, one of the things that I think... I don't know how this happened, really. There were a number of events. I... I did eventually reach a point in my Christian life where I actually believed the divine loved me. And that changes everything, mm. I think. Because from that moment on, um, I still think I was incapable of transformation, personal transformation. I, I, I feel like the divine transforms us through encounter, that we can't do much. And so how I've always understood what we call spiritual disciplines, and I apologise for everyone for whom those are trigger words and, mm, you know, all the mm, rest of it. Mm. What they do is they put us in a place where God can transform us. They, you know, actually transform us in, in and of themselves. So for me, sort of, you know, actively engaging with Sabbath and that slowing down, and, you know, it's so funny, uh, you know, going back to quiet times, having ranted against them all these years, <laughs> you know, what has, you know, really been anti. Um, actually, I really appreciate quiet time yeah, in the morning. Yeah. And I've discovered that where when I have a day where I've taken that moment of stillness in the morning. Now, it's not like the old quiet times with a, a kind of Bible reading program yes, and a yes. set list of prayers and we must do adoration and confession and whatever it was, thanksgiving and supplication. I, don't, I still don't really know what supplication is. It sounds painful. No, um, it's, it's, it's a medical operation. <laughs> I, I believe so. Uh, you know, it's nothing like that. It looks like being quiet. <laughs> and not yeah. just quiet externally, but quietening my heart to to become aware of the divine presence with me. So on days when I do it, those days generally are better, more grounded days. And I seem to be able to handle life better. So I do intentionally do that a lot more than I ever used to. So that's a really helpful practice. I'm not afraid of quiet anymore. Before I was afraid of quiet because I always mm. thought God's so disapproving and so angry. And if I'm quiet, the first thing I'm going to feel and realise is what a miserable failure I am and what a mm. worm of a human being, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's not how yes, it works so, now. So that's to do with what you hear during the quiet. So you're scared of... Yeah. You, yeah. You'll fear quiet because you're gonna, you, th you think that, that what will fill the quiet will be a disapproving voice. Will be or my demons, of, yeah. Uh, that sort of yeah. f a frosty silence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God is... Consciously uncoupled, for he's taking yeah, a sabbatical. Little bit smitey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what about you? What's been helpful to you on that well, whole thing? Yes, um, I mean, quiet and silence, and yeah. also talk. Actually, the two two yeah. polar opposites in a way. I think probably the most helpful. Uh, those two, th those two things are the most helpful. Firstly, it's the intentionality of the day. So yeah. you, you, you have to say to yourself. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus today. <laughs> Each morning you have to... And there are various little rituals that I have that, are, that I do to sort of remind myself that that's what I'm going to do during the day. Now, I can't say they always stick much beyond breakfast, but, you know, <laughs> that, that, that's the goal. But that's so great, you go though, into Yeah, yeah well, you go really into good. the day thinking, right, I am going to consciously, intentionally try to react in a different way. Yeah. What I perceive to be a more Christ-like way, you know, and 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 like I said, we're all human, so kind of.
so that quiet intentionality has really helped. The other thing that's really helped is just talking to people about it, actually sharing with other people, saying, you know, exactly this kind of conversation, having really close friends with whom you can have a deep conversation about what it is. And isn't that genuine, to follow Jesus. genuine community you're talking about? Because we often talk about the church, oh, it's community and everything. And so I, I, I sometimes think, well, what I used to call church probably wasn't community. It was oh, a service oh. where I was expected to sing and sit still and listen. Well, that, that ain't community, is no, it? No. <laughs> so no, it really, I think else, real though. community is much smaller than hundreds of people in a, in a service. It's, it is having a place of, like you say, where you can be real and it's authentic and you, you're sharing not just the good but the bad and the ugly as well and it's a safe mm. environment. And that community grows out of that, doesn't it? Well, certainly over the last, I would say, uh, 10 to 12 years, really, I've appreciated sort of these kind of close friendships mm. of, you know, whether some of them have been a kind of more mentoring or directing kind of friendship, you know, that, that mm. where there's been a bit more, like you were talking about spiritual director or whatever, I've had that kind of relationship. Others are just sort of on a, with your peers, you know, with mm. friends just... I think just making time to really, you know, go out for a drink and talk about this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, and some friendships are more rebuking focused, like your one like with ours. me. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm polishing your gems. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> is that what it is? I'm helping you glitter. <laughs> well, I'd like to keep my gems to myself. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, you can't. Once I see them, I want to polish them. So I think... It's that ability to talk honestly about these things, to share with people who you know aren't going to judge you, aren't going to try and correct you, aren't going to try and sort of, you know, stop you from backsliding or, or mm. anything like that. Um, I think those relationships are, are really important. I remember uh, years ago when I wrote the book, The Shed book, you know, Dark Night of the Shed. Oh, yeah. Um, I wrote one of the problems, particularly in male cultures, that we have... Um, lots of mates but no real friends mm. you know there's lots of people out there who have lots of acquaintances or whatever yeah, you want to call sure. them yeah but no one who you can really be honest with mm. it's very hard to be um and so for me i think that's it and discipleship is communal it is by its nature it's supposed to be working in a community with, or group you know i think there was a reason why jesus sent people out in, pa in pairs mm. I don't think you're supposed to do it uh, on your own all the time. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that those two practices for me have been really important. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relationships, definitely right. And uh, I think the other thing that is is been helpful is podcasts and books and yes, you, you know, just finding people that, like you say, are, are articulating how you're feeling and it's resonating deeply with and then you realise you're not the only weirdo in the world <laughs> absolutely that's a very comforting and, moment <laughs> and maybe to bring it back round to one of the earlier emails yeah. which was saying about mm. not reading the bible but then replacing it with something as yeah. as that was being read i was thinking well one of the things you can replace it with is spiritual reading or or, mm. or, or book you know reading mm. you know maybe maybe ordinary reading poetry or something you know maybe yeah but but nourishing reading you know you're not putting it on the same level as yeah. the Bible, but it's still nourishing you. And exactly. I think that actually a lot of people find, um, you know, real help in, in the writings yeah. of, 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 of Fluffy and others. 
Um, even Nick Page. Even occasionally Nick Page. <laughs> anyway, I think we should wrap up. Yeah, we should. We should. We, we, we've, we've left it there. We've left off lots of things, but we've riffed quite long enough. Uh, and we should go away. I I tend to go away and have a, a sabbatical tonight. I don't know about you. <laughs> I've got some um, place. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. Well, maybe have another have a, have it another day. And um, yeah. Uh, and and I'll go away and try and think about whether we've ever done any any episodes that are worth repeating. Yeah, do that. And I'll go away and talk about sex. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Good luck with that. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Moving on. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast, oh, yeah. everyone who writes in, people who uh, say nice things about it. If you'd like to leave us a review, please do so. That really helps. Uh, we really appreciate this community and we appreciate your friendship yeah, we as well. We do. Sincerely, thank you. See you next week. See you then. <laughs>